Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Minutes with Mike. We are, we're starting a series, an Advent series called The Cast of Christmas. And so uh, we're actually going to be in the second of the series. Uh, the first part of the series, we had some technical difficulties and um, the microphone was really messing up. So we're not, uh, we're not going to put that episode on, on a podcast, the audio just too distracting. Uh, but so we will start here with uh, the uh, second aspect or the second part of the uh, Cast of Christmas emphasis or the second <laughs> Cast of Christmas episode here. And we're going to be looking at the angels, the proclamation. Peace. Peace is that proclamation. We take a look at our own lives and the fact that we can get so caught up in Christmas that uh, we don't have any peace. There's so much going on from the stress and the pressure of getting those gifts to the relationships that we encounter during the Christmas time. And at the end of it, we are lacking peace. Matter of fact, we're probably just counting down the minutes till we can get out of it. So how can we truly have peace this Christmas season? I think we'll take a peek at it here as we look at the angels and the proclamation that they bring about peace. So let's take a look. We've been looking at Advent in a little different lens this Christmas. Um, a little different in the approach, uh, in the preparation. Uh, but I do hope and pray that you are getting something a little different. You're seeing Advent from a different perspective. Today, as part of our cast of Christmas, we're going to be looking at the angels. We're going to be looking at the proclamation that they made. But as we look at their ability to proclaim peace, I, I want to ask you this question. Do you happen to have uh, an interesting Christmas tradition? Something that you wouldn't mind sharing in public or is it kind of a private I'll tell you what, let me share you of one. This might ring true or this might ring familiar to you, but have you ever had this one gift that just keeps on giving? The gift that keeps on giving because it's the gift that no one wants to keep. 
So every Christmas, you'll find that gift under the tree, wrapped perhaps differently. Perhaps it's between two particular individuals. It's a back and forth year after year. Matter of fact, there is a story of probably one of the very first re-giftings. This happened in the early 1960s. Two brothers, one became the recipient of a pair of moleskin pants. How precious. The only problem was, is they lived in Minnesota and it was quite cold and the pants froze. So the young boy who was the recipient of the pants really <laughs> didn't want to keep them. And so the next Christmas, he gifted them to his brother. He did so by wrapping them tightly inside of a one inch pipe. What a trick that was. Well, that is what kicked off a 25 year tradition of re-gifting those pants. Matter of fact, one of those re-giftings was made in a 600 pound safe, welded shut. <laughs> Another year, one of the other brothers gifted those pants by putting it in a three foot cube. That cube used to be a 1974 Gremlin. He placed a note on the package and said, the pants are in the glove box. <laughs> well, that kept going on for a number of years. Matter of fact, one of the re-gifts was done in a tire, a 6,000 pounds of concrete inside of a tire. And the gift of those pants, a note was left. Bear with me here. The note said, have a good year. Okay, you're with me. That's good. That's a good sign. But there was the last coup de gras. One of the brothers decided that he was going to encase these pants in a thousand or 10,000 pounds of jagged glass. But in the process, the molten glass just created an ash heap of the pants. That was the end of the pants. That had survived 25 years of regifting. Now, Brad, don't let that give you any ideas. But sometimes we have some really weird traditions in our lives. Some traditions, I, I don't know really why we have them or do them. I know the lights that we have, now we haven't done them here yet, but house that we were previous, we'd have lights all over the house. We'd have the, the new LED lights, you know, flashing on the side of the house, all kinds of designs, visiting the eye doctor the next month because we're gone blind because of the, the lasers. But I don't know why we always have those lights. Perhaps those are there because we think that Jesus is the light of the world. And so we want everybody to see the lights, even from whatever satellite is rotating above the earth. Christmas trees, we have those things. Where do all of these traditions start? Some people say these traditions, these trees came from old Roman mythology. Some say some 16th century Germans or even Martin Luther started these whole things. But here, much of the world, we, we take a, a pause. We take a moment to stop during this holiday time. And even though many people, they don't understand why they're pausing. They don't understand 
the purpose and the reasoning behind all of this. Now, when we look at the first proclamation of Christmas that came from heaven to earth through the voices of those angels, and I'm sure you can hear those words. We've heard them so many times. Turn with me to Luke chapter 2, and we'll see that proclamation made by those angels on that day. In Luke chapter 2, the proclamation goes, says, suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. One angel explained this good news of great joy for all the people that the Messiah had been born in Bethlehem. And it is important for us to understand that the peace that the angels proclaimed was not a proclamation of world peace or even a declaration of the end of strife and of war. It was not a, a direct announcement that we can now get along with everyone in our family. That's still a hope. It's not a direct announcement that we can get along with anybody, but it is actually much bigger and it is much more important than that. Through Christ, the barrier of sin has been removed. And now we have a relationship and a peace with God. That peace on earth that Jesus brings is foremost the peace that we can have with and through Christ. This peace comes from faith in Christ and the forgiveness that follows. There is an example of this. Turn with me to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, you probably recall the story of the woman who came. She was not, uh, she was not a normal woman at the time. Everybody was shocked at what she was doing. But in verse 7, excuse me, verse 37, we see that she washed Jesus' feet. Something interesting as a result of her actions. We see in verse 7, verse 48, when Jesus says, Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. And then if we jump to verse 50, he says these, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You see, because of the forgiveness of sins, we have peace with God. No wonder the angels proclaimed glory to God in the highest. See, the angels declared that this peace belongs to those of whom God's favor rests. It's in the, the, an exploration of this passage in the expository or the expositor's Bible commentary. He says this, those on whom God's favor rests are the little children to whom God graciously reveals truth according to his good pleasure. Turn with me to Luke chapter 10. And we'll see this a, a little more in detail. There's an explanation here when the 72 followers whom Jesus sent out to minister returned to him with some amazing stories of power and ministry. And Jesus' response, he says this. 
says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. This morning, I want us to look at different aspects of peace and maybe look at Christmas a little different. Look at the Advent season a little different than we would normally do in regards to peace. One, I want us to see the passing the peace, that is, passing the peace. Because Jesus brought us peace with God, one of the greatest responses that we can have to that amazing news is to become peace proclaimers in all of our traditions, all of our Christmas traditions, all of our preparations, and even our celebrations. The truth is, a lot of experiences, some of the family experience, relational, the pressures, the difficulties that come through the season are immense. But I want us to understand this. Nearly every family gathering has at least one relative who requires extra grace. You have that person. I know you do. They're right there in the front of your mind. Matter of fact, you may have an album that you've got to flip through to figure out which one has it or needs it more. Now, let me say this. If you can't figure out who needs grace the most, maybe you're the one. Who needs grace the most? I got another finger pointing back at me here. For many families, Advent and Christmas, sometimes it brings more strife and conflict rather than peace. And as the ones who have received peace with God through Christ, we have a special opportunity to proclaim that peace in our families in a similar way of how the angels proclaimed it to us. Turn with you to Matthew chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 5, there is a proclamation or there is a definition of peacemakers that Jesus brings to us. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, Jesus says, The peacemakers are blessed, for they will be called sons of God. This passage shows us that those who count themselves to be the children of God, well, they join him in that work of proclaiming his peace amongst those around. Now, a little differentiating probably is necessary here. See, peacemaking is not the same as peacekeeping. There is quite the difference between the two. When Jesus brought us peace, he didn't create an uneasy truce. He brought us back into unity, into harmony, into a relationship. Jesus didn't just tolerate us. He restored us. Let me say that again. When Jesus came, he didn't just tolerate us. He restored us. He didn't make a way to just endure being with us, just to put up with us. He made a way to be near us and to develop a love relationship with each and every one of us. Toward the beginning of this year, the United Nations had 16 peacekeeping missions around the world. 
and on their website, their goal of what they do, this is how they worded it. It says, our peacekeepers help prevent conflict to reduce human suffering, build stable and prosperous societies, and enable people to reach their full potential. Now, I'm hoping eventually they will get to peacemaking, but they are peacekeeping. You see, peacekeeping is just preventing people from acting out on the hate that is within their hearts. It tries to prevent conflicts, as they say. But see, peacemaking, it goes much deeper. Peacemaking is what God did for us through sending Jesus Christ. Peacemaking restores relationships. That is the great significance between the two. It brings harmony. It goes beyond just avoiding and separating conflict. It brings restoration. It brings relationship. And it brings unity. Jesus made lasting and restorative peace between us and God. Aren't you glad that when the angels proclaimed, they didn't say, and on earth tolerance to those whom he decided to endure? Perhaps maybe they could have said, and on earth God puts up with those of whom his favor rests. It has a completely different context to put up, to endure. But that is not what he did. Instead, he draw, brought true peace through Christ. For many of us, the Christmas season is a reminder of the lack of peace that we have, whether in our families or in our lives. Many of us have conflicts with parents, with children, brothers, sisters, siblings. And so when this holiday season comes by, we're hoping to just survive. Because we know there's the old fights, there's the old antics, there's the old things that are coming. And so we just kind of brace for it and wait for it to be over. Many of us are struggling to keep it together. And we try to cling to whatever peace we can hold on to until the last day. Until we can leave. But you see, there's more for you than that this Christmas. As a son or a daughter of God, he brought us through because of Jesus' birth, his death, his resurrection. You don't have to be a peacekeeper who has to try to survive through the holidays. Instead, you can proclaim the good news of Christ by being a peacemaker who lives, brings, and proclaims peace that transforms lives and lasts. Now, let me meddle just a little bit. We're what? We're 15 months in. I'm going to meddle a little bit. So, as an example, if you decide that the only way Christmas can be a success is by getting everybody everything that they want, even though you can't afford it. You're not proclaiming peace in your life and you're not proclaiming peace in theirs. 
One thing you're guaranteeing is stress, guilt, maybe even a little bit of dissatisfaction. Maybe you are fostering entitlements in those other lives. You see, that gift that you can afford, that you give, that's a gift that just keeps on taking, really. Because the more entitled someone feels, the more they demand. And you'll reap those payments and interest if you put it on the plastic. You'll reap it for the rest of the year. Not this year, but 2022. You'll get to live all of that stress. Contrast that with sitting down with your family and helping them understand what you really want Christmas to look like and giving them some realistic expectations. If your children or family can only be happy if they get everything they want, then maybe you're doing them a favor by disappointing them in this way. Maybe you'll be proclaiming peace in their hearts that will last for the rest of their lives by getting them to not focus on themselves. To get them to understand that their life is not completely concerned with, consumed by, or centered on me. Boy, if once, if we are able to get that in life, oh, there's so much peace there. And while that's just kind of one small example, it does demonstrate the difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking. Peacekeeping tries to appease, they try to just patches together, tries to keep everyone satisfied or, or at least quietly gruntled. But peacemaking deals with the underlying issues and it brings healing and restoration. And you know, that's what God did for us. And what better way to proclaim and demonstrate what he has done for us than to do the very same thing with our families. Another thing I want us to see about peace, I want us to see a deeper peace, a deeper peace. One of the dangers of this season is getting so caught up in our traditions, so wrapped up in trying to create this Norman Rockwell picture of Christmas. And those are pretty. But how hard are those to replicate in our own lives? Turn with me to James chapter 3. We have a reminder that he lays out here. James chapter 3, starting with verse 17. James writes, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, without favoritism and hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. This season, I think we should be more concerned about, not less concerned, but we should be more concerned about proclaiming the peace of Christ. We should be centered on living out the gospel with our friends and family. What a perfect opportunity to do that. 
I mean, we, we get a chance to make all of these connections with, with people maybe we haven't been in connection with for a long time. Maybe miles have separated. Maybe other things have prevented that together. But now is the time to pray for wisdom for when those connections are remade. Now is the time to consider how we proclaim Christ through what we say and what we do. Now is the time to be wise as James described in our text there. To be pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. This season, I'm praying that God will give me the wisdom of heaven as I interact with friends and family. Matter of fact, I will be interacting with new people this year. Alan Michael's girlfriend will be riding with us to Colorado right after Christmas. The most we've had interaction with her was, hi, bye. Now she's going to be in a car with us for at least eight hours. I don't know who's that good for, us or her. But then we'll also be meeting up with Austin's fiance's father and stepmother. I've never met them. So we are going to be interacting with people we've never met. Some wonderful opportunities for us. But an opportunity for wisdom that I ask that God provides. So it guides me in my interactions with them. I have to be careful because, I mean, guys, we're always right, right? Sue, don't shake your head like that. <laughs> Sometimes we have that mentality that we're right. And so in our interactions with people, we have that mentality, I'm right and I'm going to prove it. No matter what. And you know what? There are some family members and probably some friends that know which bait to throw out to snag you. I don't know many of you, if you fish, I, I fish a little bit, but I watch a number of, of, of gentlemen who fish and it looks like it is so natural for them. All these shiny baits they throw out there and they pull out these big monster basses. But that bass looked at that bait and go, yummy. But how many of us take the bait? And conversations. We know there's something, there's something that triggers us, and we we wind up going down a road that we don't want to travel. We wind up having conversations that we would rather not have. Because the bait was too shiny. We had to take it. Now sometimes we need to say the hard things. Sometimes a loving thing is to stand up for what is true. But other times the righteous thing to do is to lay down our need to be right. The loving thing is to avoid taking that bait and getting distracted from the real mission of proclaiming Christ and sharing his love with everyone and anyone who is willing to hear it and receive it. 
That's why being a peace proclaimer needs the wisdom of God. I'm praying this year that you can proclaim peace to your family and the friends that are around you like you've never done before. Now, sometimes people want understanding and help. Sometimes there are people that just want to hide behind an argument. I pray that God will give you, they will give us, me, the wisdom and the discernment to see the difference and not go chasing after those shiny baits. Now, part of being in a family or even being with long-term friends is you bump up against people once in a while. And when I say bump up, sometimes you may rub someone wrong. I'm going to see if you can catch this. There were two guys walking down the street. There were two molecules, matter of fact, walking down the street and one bumped up against the other one. And he said, oh, I'm sorry. Are you okay? The other molecule said, no, I'm not okay. I've lost an electron. He says, are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. I'm going to put that one in the book for later. All right. Relations. Sometimes we struggle with those. When we get in front of our friends and families that maybe have been an irritant against us for a while, remember this. Most of them, okay, most of them. I might say all of them, but most of them really aren't born annoying. They're not born rude or obnoxious or opinionated and cruel. That's not how they were born, but that is how they have become. That is how they have reacted to what the world has thrown at them. That's how they choose to respond to it. But you know what? The one thing that we all share is brokenness. We are all broken. We are all need of a savior. We are all in need of grace. And a peacemaker who is working to proclaim Jesus will try to get beyond that rough exterior and they will show mercy. Remembering that even more than our own opinions, everyone ultimately needs Jesus. I don't know about you, but I've yet to have an argument with someone and them accept Christ as Lord and Savior. But I've had a number who have made that decision to follow Christ as Savior out of love. Certainly love is tough. Matter of fact, there's lots of books, Tough Love. You've probably heard about that. Love is tough, but sometimes love is quiet and love just listens. In the midst of all the traditions, the celebrations, all of those interactions of family and friends, don't forget how precious each and every one of them are to God. 
Even the most belligerent, yes, you've just pictured them. I know you just did. Even the most belligerent or difficult, even the most draining of people are precious to God. So much that Jesus came as a little babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, to grow up and to die on a cross for each and every one of us. Last thing I want us to see about peace is being peaceful. Being peaceful. See, before you can proclaim peace, you have to possess it. Kind of an important thing if you're going to talk about something, if you're going to kind of be an expert, if you will, about it, you first ought to know something about it. Now, no one expects anyone to be perfect, but it is difficult to proclaim the message of God's peace when we are stressed, we are overwhelmed, and we are exhausted. And tell you this, and probably through your own experiences, this time of year can be, if you allow it to be, the most stressful time of the year. Our proclamation must first begin with us accepting and embracing the peace that we have through Christ. What a rare individual it is who knows what it's like to be fully accepted for who they are. And just as they are. And that is our very condition because God's favor now rests on us. Despite all the talk of peace of grace in the circles, how many of us, how few of us feel as though we can just receive God's love? Rather, we think we have to work at it. We have to earn it. We have to prove our worthiness. In the angel's proclamation, we find nothing of our own effort to obtain peace with God. Turn with me to Luke chapter 2, would you? In Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, in that verse 11, that proclamation it says, Today a Savior who is Messiah the Lord was born for you. In the city of David. We didn't reach our Savior by going to Him. He came to us. We didn't earn His favor. His favor rests on us only because we accept it by putting our faith and trust in Him. And in order to better proclaim the peace that God brings to others this season, I would encourage you to guard your own peace as well. Something might be handy this year. Gentlemen, pastor by the name of Rick Warren. He had this quote. He says, think about what you think about. Think about what you think about. He's borrowing from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Turn with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, Paul writes, We demolish arguments and every high-minded thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to obey Christ. Taking every thought captive. When it comes to living in peace and proclaiming peace, it's possible to lose the battle in our minds before the interaction with others even begins. I mean, perhaps there are some individuals that have just rubbed you the wrong way for eons. And already you're starting to figure out, what's my comeback? Even before you get in the car and make the trip, you're already thinking, how do I defend? How, what's my battle plan? If you're trying to win your arguments before you even get started, how can you possibly bring peace and hope when you're spending your time together? Granted, sometimes we need to be prepared, our hearts, our minds for some of those interactions, but rather than preparing to defend ourselves or to kind of to fight, perhaps our thoughts should be prayerfully centered on how we could do it differently this time. Change the plan. Change the scheme. To paraphrase Hosea 8, 7, perhaps we should sow the wind of our minds and we will reap the whirlwind in relationships. Peace proclaimers use wisdom and patience instead of jumping to quick conclusions or quickly misinterpreting what others may say or do. Peace proclaimers refuse to take offense when they feel slighted. Peacemakers refuse to allow their thoughts to turn a careless or insensitive comment into a personal attack. Peace proclaimers won't give themselves over to a rumor or pick up an offense that is based on one side of a story. Peace Proclaimers always hope. They always believe. They always endure. As our worship team comes up this morning, I want to close with this story. Two brothers separated for of about eight years of age. One of them Actually, both of them, they, they, they had a pretty strong disagreement. So because of the disagreement, they separated. And they were separated by 240 miles. Never talked, never communicated for about 10 years. The oldest brother was had a, a stroke. It was not looking good. His younger brother, he heard about this. And he decided, you know, it's time. It's time for us to reunite. It's time for us to put this bickering aside. Well, the problem was now he's 73. His eyesight is so poor that he was unable to pass the driver's test. So he doesn't have a driver's license. 
He didn't have anybody that could take him. So he decided that he would load up a trailer with camping gear and gasoline and he would attach it to his riding lawnmower. And off he went. 240 miles on a riding lawnmower. Took him six weeks, but he made it. The ending is a good one. One month later, his older brother recovers from that stroke and he decided to move back closer to his brother. The relationship was restored. Now we know we can't change anybody as much as we may try to change them. They may respond and they will fight the change. So we can't force them to change. But you can proclaim peace. How far are you willing to proclaim peace? The peace that comes through Christ, how far are you willing to go to do that? Are you willing to take the first step? Are you willing to take a stand this Christmas for peacekeeping? We had a younger brother go 240 miles in six weeks to restore relationship. See, Jesus crossed a greater chasm than that. He crossed the chasm of heaven, died on a cross to restore peace with us. The angels came to earth and they proclaimed that news peace on earth to the people he favors. In the midst of this time of traditions and celebrations and obligations, will we not put in the same effort to proclaim peace? What better way to experience Christmas than to experience peace? Oh, in the midst of, of all the hectic aspects of Christmas that can come our way, both from just the presence to the people, to be able to experience all that with peace. And if we understand and realize where that true peace comes from, I mean, the angels proclaim peace. That peace comes through understanding Jesus Christ and knowing everything that he has done for us, that he loves us, and he comes to bring us life. Oh, to experience that peace in a way that even through the turmoils and, and all the hecticness of Christmas, we can relax in his arms and have peace. What an influence that is. I pray that your Advent time, your Christmas, will be filled with peace. A peace that when others look at you, they will see that and they'll go, where do you get that? How do you get that? And it will be an opportunity for you to tell them about the one true person who brings peace, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 